Before we get into this episode, just a reminder that in the show description is a link created by Twitter user Botanical Dyke. It includes bail funds, memorial funds, actions, advice for protesters, and so much more so that we can focus on actionable items for social justice because Black Lives Matter. Welcome to the Special Delivery Podcast. I am your host, Special. And on this show, I sit down with artists to break down everything you don't know and should know about their latest project. And on this episode, Concrete Violet calls in to talk about their album. We talked about everything from the spelling of their name, breaking down every single track, and just conversations about them going on a retreat to create this album and healing boundaries and them focusing on making songs not only about their journeys and what they went through and things that they're dealing with, but also focusing on what's going on in the world and also in the country. Also, just a quick editor's note, there is a little battery beep from like a smoke detector so if you hear it it's not yours it's in the interview i tried to take it out i did the best i could (laughs) but let's hop into it hey y'all i'm kate lamont i'm three years old just kidding you can edit that part out i was like no you're not (laughs) (laughs) i'm happy to be here there you go i'm happy to have you i'm noble i'm a bayer native producer and musician. I am Monty Draper, aka Future Top Chef, aka Future. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, what's up, Special? Yes. <laughs> Welcome back. He still hey. holds the MVP title for being on the most episodes of Special Delivery. We're gonna keep it going. We're gonna keep back it going. Back in this yeah. thing. I'm like, you you have so many projects, it's it's only a matter of time. Goodness. <laughs> but today we are here to talk about concrete violet. Oh my goodness gracious, when I tell you I'm excited, it's not even close to exaggeration. The music is gorgeous, powerful, thought-provoking, just gems all day. Just gems, gems, gems. We had to start out by talking about the fact that I'm privy to the information that this was made on what people would call a retreat. And you guys just going up into the mountains and making music. Kate, do you want to kind of speak about what that experience was like for you? Yeah, sure. It was great. So Ivan grew up up north. Did you call it Napa, Ivan? I mean, it's this, It's not the uh, town, but it's the... Oakville, Yonville, somewhere around in between. Yonville. Okay. We went up there. Noble invited us up. I think we were just hoping for a spot where maybe we could sort of control our environment and knock out a lot of uh, work in a shorter period of time. And so Noble suggested that we go up. He actually built like a little studio with his family And we did that several times and it really was a retreat. Oh my gosh. And then, you know, Noble's family kind of invented hospitality. Wow. It was, it really was a retreat. That's the best term for it. But it did create the environment that we were looking for, exceeding all of our expectations, honestly, just total creative freedom. And so it was great. Right next to the famous old railroad, the wine train still comes by. What, what's the name of that track? The wine train, I guess. <laughs> Just the wine train. <laughs> but yeah, that's what we'd have to stop once in a while to let the train go by. But it, it really was something special. I just think that that's such a cool idea for creation in general, like to be able to kind of just put yourself up in a place to where there's no distractions, there's nothing going on. It's just making music. I think that that's such a beautiful experience. Noble, did you want to add anything about that? I did it once before because I changed my name to Noble like uh, maybe a year or two before meeting Monty and Kate. 
And uh, my first project under this new name was with a soul singer from New York named Chauncey Yearwood. And uh, I flew to New York to record for a couple weeks with him. So we were discussing out in New York, well, you should come to, to the West Coast and let's record the rest of it out in the West Coast. And um, we were debating on how we would do that. And I was like, oh, well, we should just record at my folks' spot. I could just turn this little studio to a music recording studio. That was kind of the first time I did it. And it worked out great. So once I was kind of presented with this project with Kate and Monty, we were discussing how we wanted to record it and stuff like that. And I already had a great experience recording the other project up there. And I was like, well, we could do it in my folks' spot. I mean, it's, you know, secluded. There's no, there's not really any distractions. Um, we can play music as loud as we want. I mean, <laughs> it's kind of a good environment just to just be loud if you want to or, or be secluded if you want to and not be too distracted. Beautiful, beautiful. Money, you want to add anything? Just over the years of like learning the process and like getting better, my preference for recording is those like retreat styles like it don't necessarily have to be that secluded but does need to be like a a change in scenery and then have some sort of like it's almost like this team element coming up playing sports we would go on trips and you get closer and you learn you learn like subtle things about people right what they're into what they may even be going through like how much that time away is informing so much of the art and i had already known it by then but this this particular album sort of cemented that this is going to be my preference of recording from here on out i don't really have a desire or a passion to sit in a room and hey send me a verse and i need the people i'm collaborating with because then you know with, with raps too i don't want it to just be this personal experience like i want it to be a shared experience with the producers so like i need the producer to know uh, to feel free to offer you know input on what they're going through and then even with Ivan, especially both him and Soundtrack have become like my favorite producers because they're not just like, oh, I'm going to make you a beat. It's like, nah, they got ideas and input on cadence and, and style and pocket and stuff. And I personally really thrive in that, you know, so getting to work in such a close proximity. Um, and then Kate hit it on the head, too, in terms of hospitality, that Italian hospitality is completely different yo like we ate really so is. good and something about it like just sharing that space it was reading a lot about the Kanye experience when they were doing the Hawaii sessions and mm -hmm. they would they would hike together they would hoop together they would eat together and then the studio was kind of like this thing that was there if you were inspired or if you if you wanted to get to it right there's something to be said about recording and writing in such a face because it will be times we'd be sitting down to eat and based off a conversation everybody was having i'd be like yo i got the hook and just would disappear and would come back and like the hook would be laid and be like yo what did you do but it would be based off a conversation like what noble was saying or what katie was saying sal was with us too so i was kind of pulling a lot from all of them and just our conversation you know mm -hmm. and the best way to sort of have those those real stripped down conversations is always over food and and just so happen to be some of the best food too so <laughs> it really sounds like the ultimate form of connection and it's just it's super cool to be able to create and connect in that space it's beautiful then of course you guys did a super dope episode of think beat radio if the people haven't checked that out please do and you guys kind of broke down the title and the name concrete violet and just the duality of the concrete jungle but also understanding and delicateness and and being welcoming of course my first instinct is the rose that grew from concrete which you actually reference on the third track but something that i'm super interested in is the spelling of it who came up with the spelling for concrete in concrete violet i don't remember <laughs> <laughs> i'll talk time period right like 
I was going through, I'm still going through it though. Like this, you real unique state of evolution where you, you realizing like how little you really know. Um, mm-hmm. And in so many of the circles, I get to be little bro, but immediately the whole little bro thing goes out the window. Cause it's like, yo, lead the way. When that happens over and over again, you just, you go into that situation like, yo, I got it. I got it. I got an idea for everything. And mm-hmm. it was real informative. I respect both Noble and Kate so much to the highest degree of, of like creators and thinkers and people. The ideas, they come so fast and it takes such a special group of people to feel comfortable to share it with because it is it's so delicate and I don't mean any harm. I get really excited. I get really inspired. And it just happens really, really fast. And in certain scenarios, that could feel like somebody trying to take over. But they were real gentle and like offered me a lot of space to just have ideas. And so what I was personally experiencing was like breakup, heartbreak, all this stuff. But at the same time, the most beautiful experience I could I could ask for as an artist in terms of like creativity, getting to express myself in a way I couldn't think of a better way to heal. You know what I'm saying? Like with people you respect, you really care for and then getting to make music and that duality or the spectrum we talk about, like a black man specifically, there aren't many safe places to grieve for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I just so happen to end up in a safe place to grieve and to put it in adult music. And what that allowed for, I was telling Kate, this is like, I'm hella happy listening back to the album and it, and it taking as long as it did, because I forgot what I was going through. Like I got to heal so much in that process. I forgot everything that was happening. And my brother was like, bro, you good? Wow. And I was like, oh damn, I did, all that did happen. And so we're listening back to the music when we got the masters back. I was so proud that that version of me didn't sound bitter, didn't sound angry. Or at the very least, wasn't expressing it in that in that tone, and I, and the music informed a lot of that. But again, just that duality, you know, it it, it really is such a, a unique spectrum to be able to walk that line. But it really says a lot about the group and and my partners on that that they allowed that space. And so for me, it was these moments where I got to be hard and like keep the bravado or rap. But then there was these real soft, like vulnerable ass moments. And we're talking like bar for bar. Mm-hmm. One bar would be like dark the typical rapper steez in the very next line would be the most vulnerable, open, exposed, naked truth. You know what I'm saying? And so, and that was right around just like exploring that for me. So the, the title for me was mad specific and we mulled over it. We, we kicked it around. And I remember being frustrated a lot, but this is the title. This is the title. But it's like, nah, <laughs> it don't work like that. In a, it just don't work like that in a group. And I'm so grateful for that experience because it's, it truly is my preferred way of making music like super collaborative the healing and the gorgeousness in it is just incredible goodness we are very very thankful now we're gonna hop into the tracks first track anywhere's better than here this is a prepaid call from an inmate at the Kauai community corrections to accept this call press zero to refuse this call hang up or press one Morning, morning, what's important? Don't you lie dormant, know where I buried the bodies. How could you turn informant? Couldn't make it last. Blew that whole endorsement, make it back before breakfast. Royalty points important, why so long? Miseducated, this feel like dedicated. Noble, goodness gracious. Even going back to Think Big Radio, where you guys were talking about the big soundscapes and how you made this for artists. You use no samples, it's live drums, and you just had this production ready to go. You have these victorious horns. It just comes together wonderfully. How did you know that that was going to be the first track? 
when I was creating the music, I didn't know that was going to be the first track. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think that one just kind of felt right. I, I don't really remember. I don't remember who did the first order, but I remember immediately thinking that that was the right first song, just immediately. Yeah. You kind of had that, that intro from Quid. Mm-hmm. Something about the cinematic quality of that song, the string parts are so amazing. I don't think I heard you guys. I think I left the retreat when you guys were still working. And then I heard the roughs and Monty's part. And I was like, wow, that just blew me away. That became my new favorite. And then Monty was touring. Noble, you came over here and we ended up doing the chorus here. It feels like it's setting you up for what's to come. So it was, it was a no brainer. Yes, definitely. If the feeling's there, just run with it. It doesn't have to be something that's mold over or really, you know, intricate. It's like, nope, that feels like the first track. It is what it is. And it does have that cinematic quality. Like you said, you know, these songs put together are theatrical, but even within a song, you'll have the act one and the act two. And it just, it really takes you to a place. Like I really encourage people to really sit with this and let yourself go to these places that you guys create because it's unlike anything else. I feel like we could talk about that from so many different angles in terms of when we felt the total creative freedom of this project, Mani and I talked about this as lyricists, it felt like we were free to sort of be kids again, we sort of got this image of like being our middle school age selves. And Noble jumped right in on it too. It was just like, it was just, we all felt like kids just, you know, out in the field having this great time, kind of late summer that had colors and imagery to it, this feeling that we got. And conceptually, I start to see those things in the first song. And then there's also the lens of like, you know, Monty was talking about his ideas and how fast they were coming. And before the album was going to be self-titled, it actually was going to be titled the name of that song, Anywhere is Better Than Here. And what I love about that, even though we didn't end up using that as the title, that first song sort of sets the stage for like, okay, we're leaving this place that's full of turmoil, that's full of fear, that's full of anxiety, that's full of all the things that have been put on us. And we're transporting back to this time of creative freedom, this time of kind of before a lot of that concrete hits, you know? Mm. So that's kind of what the first song does for me. It kind of transports me there, both lyrically and musically. I love the idea of the summer, too. You guys are just, you know, little middle school flowers just hanging out in the wind and the sun. <laughs> we kind of had the idea for the visuals. Visuals were coming, too, for me, especially. This is, you know, Monty talks about his ideas were coming. Mine, mine too. It's almost like we were having these conversations, and you know you're all seeing a slightly different version, but of the same movie. And mm. for me, it was like an abandoned school and somebody said abandoned school we were talking about video sites we might visit and that was the feeling i was getting right because you can't go back to your youth and it's however many years ago but it's sort of overgrown at this point you know the violets really have come up through the concrete and the trees and nobody's trimmed anything in like 25 years you know so that imagery all came to me when i heard that first track that's so so cool and then i think the voice note mixed with the message within the verses i kind of get this idea of jail as a concept for ego mm. Mani, was that something that you were going for or it just kind of happened yeah so man that like our brother and, and i know he won't mind because he's mad transparent but our brother quid had caught a situation back in Hawaii, in Kauai of all places too. So it's like, again, that duality, one of the most beautiful places mm -hmm. in the world. And people use manifest like Matt loosely. He does it. I watched him manifest getting to Kauai and he gets there and then just in one of the worst situations happens and he ends up serving time. He would call 
And then he left that voicemail. And I didn't even know I had that voicemail. And I just happened to listen to it while the music was playing. I was like, oh, wow, this is it. And, you know, and in that metaphor of like, if you ain't never been there, we can never compare the two. But from people being in cubicles, from sitting in traffic, the school, the way the school system is, it's like all these things that kind of just eat away at you and your youth and your in God's gift, our intuition, you know, just keeps eating away, eating away, eating away. And um, initially we had the message that he actually left. And that's what he was talking. I don't want to be afraid anymore is what he's saying. And it just touched me. Like, I remember sitting there, like listening to that voicemail and thinking about him because the retreat are the things that he and I would dream about. Like we'd, mm. be, we'd be at my mom's house. I'd be laying on the floor. He'd be laying on the couch and we just, there wouldn't be no TV on, no lights. We'd just be laying there dreaming about the stuff that we wanted to do. And one of the things we always talked about was like going somewhere remotely and working on music. And that was one of the moments where I like, I felt him like I wanted him to be there. It's just one of those things that keep you going. Stacks and Noble, happy Father's Day this morning. And he was just like, man, just thinking back on like how much we've accomplished just meeting each other. It felt like I've known him my whole life, you know, cause we just, we, we get it immediately. It's his style, the things that he's into, just feels like a lifetime journey. But it has, it's been quick, but it, he, he showed up and appeared at a real specific point in my career, in my life, where I could have easily just quit, you know, because it's the style of music I wanted to make, like how much I wanted to grow as an artist. Like, I felt like I wasn't either I wasn't acquiring those tools or I wasn't meeting the people to get there. And then specifically wanting a style of production. And then he shows up and is not only capable of it, but exceed my expectations that it's a style of production I wanted to be associated with. And the rest is history. We made an album and we're here right now. It just makes me so happy. Things that you were able to create for yourself and, and the way not only you guys all work together, but you found each other and, and you just have this home within each other and, and are able to create within that. Like it's just unlike anything else. That leads us to track number two, Suspended Animation, my absolute favorite. goodness because it's just so much good stuff i think i want to start with kate the voice layering on that track just absolutely right? blows my mind <laughs> right can you break down the yeah. the inspiration and the process for that well it was a little bit of that euphoric feeling of like oh wow this is gonna be fun you know what i mean it was the beginning it was the first thing that we did in napa so I think Mani and Sal got held up in the city and they ended up coming out the next day. So I got up there the night beforehand Then Noble had some work to do to set up the space for the weekend. So we kind of, we kind of put that together and got to know his family and everything. And then I just remember feeling like, man, I want to just start working right away. Right. And he was feeling the same excitement. So we got in there and do you remember, I don't remember how we chose that song. Yeah, I remember. But I know I was listening to the instrumentals all the way up there, so maybe I suggested it, but that song is a wave. And I just remembered the lyrics really describe what the music made me feel, you know? 
and then the next day when you guys got there you guys walked in and we were so excited to play it for you and then uh you know back to his whole like team mentality it was basically like that it was like okay your turn okay money go in core vocals come back out okay yeah i'm done your turn you know and we just kept tagging in and out and on that song it was like the first thing you know they walked in listened to it and then he got inspired to to do his part so that was fun yes yes and then the switch up is like a ramp up you know you hear switch ups every now and then and it's like oh okay the beat switched up cool like (laughs) and sometimes it like mellows out and you're like okay cool but the way this switches up and it ramps up it's just all feeling like you just feel Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. what was it like for you noble to produce this track the inspiration really came from one of my good friends who's a recording engineer and he put me onto these drums he had and really all the inspiration came from the drums that he put me onto. The music is sort of made on like the vibe of like the percussion or drums or whatever. And when he gave me these drums, the music I wrote just kind of wrote itself to the drums. Like I didn't have any kind of like preconceived notion. It's just when I have some drums or I make a drum beat or whatever. Um, I actually like it when I have drums that I don't even make because then it's like the essence is there already. I just got to write the music on top of it. I remember putting the two drums together. I was like, well, this is the first part's cool, but I don't know if it's really going anywhere. And then I was like, it needs like the buildup. And so I just kind of combined some drum stuff and kind of combined the ideas into one song. I kind of like to do that a lot with music because I, it's not that I'm bored with like a two bar loop. Some of my favorite music is like just a, literally like a two bar loop. Like if you're listening to old hip hop or, I mean, it's like nothing changes in the whole song. But for me, like, I guess to push myself a little bit more, I always like to kind of just see where I could kind of bring a song or push a song to, either for the good or the bad. Sometimes maybe it's like not the vibe. And if it's not the vibe, then we can always take things out. But I just like to push the music a little bit further than I feel like I did on the last song or whatever. No, there's definitely a push there. And I'm like I said, it's just all feeling and it just feels so good. And this song, the concept that kind of resonated with me was a letter to America and just saying, you know, this isn't what I wanted for you. Like, this isn't what it has to be for you, Monty, writing it. What did that feel and look like? I want to go back, though, because the whole drive up, Kate, I was losing my mind. Cause I didn't have nothing. Like I was like, I don't know what I'm about to get up here and say. I was wholeheartedly panicking the whole way. Like, what I'm, am I gonna do? I'm gonna get all the way up here. I didn't waste these people's time because I don't have, I don't got a single rap written. And oh that was, my god, that's wild! I've never heard this story. I'm telling y'all, that trip changed everything. Like, I haven't made music the same since that trip. Because you either paying for studio time or people didn't took off work or they taking time away from their families. I don't want to waste anybody's time. But I'm like, yo, I, I can't write a single word. Not where I was at the time. Like I wasn't in, in a very inspired place, you know. So special. We get there and hug and say hi to everybody. And they go, yo, you got to hear this. And it comes on. And I'm like, y'all made this? This what we doing? Immediately, my guard was down. I was like, oh, we having fun, fun. I didn't know my pen was that fast. No, that's not true. That's not true. Because rock was written the same way. It's like every city we hit, we were meeting these people and like our posters were hanging up. So you just inspire. You're like, damn, this is dope. I thought that was just like a flash in the pan. I didn't know I would feel that again. And then we get up to Yountville and it happened again. So 
I hear Kate's voice in the same thing that caught you special is what got me is like how she stacked her vocals. And I've seen her do it. Like I've been at the boards recording her when she's done it, but mixed married with how Noble goes about producing stuff. And I'm telling you, like just the approach, the movement. And every time anybody asks, I'm just like, yo, it's just sophisticated shit that's inspired through somebody who was clearly a hip hop head. There's no mistake in that. Like this is rooted in hip hop, but it's so sophisticated. It could fool you where you go. I don't know what's going on. So you just surrender to the music. And for me, a lot of what was taking place, Nia Wilson had just been murdered. The country was in turmoil and you were seeing, you were starting to see the politics of the Bay Area specifically get exposed the economic politics. And this is something that, uh, you know, having gone away to school, I've done papers on and all these different things, but I've never gotten to discuss it and format it in a way where it would be palatable in music. Maybe I just hadn't had the right soundscape, you know? So a lot of the anti-government stuff or just offering a different lens to America as I know it, is all informed by the music and, and a lot of time Kate's especially suspended animation though. When I heard it, that's what I was feeling. I was like, Oh, that's this where we going in. The rebelliousness of the music it feels like public enemy, but it's a lot more accessible on like some gorillas type of ambiguous, like we we don't know what this is. But then it's modern like some shit Tyler would do, uh, Tyler the Creator. Like that's honestly those are the references I kept hearing. And then Kate by the end of it, the movement of it, it just feels like Steely Nan. And yep. it's like, all right, bet. I'm right at home then. And I don't know if we had just heard the fella story or maybe we heard it right after the sessions. Kate, the, the fella story about about being in the studio, you could tell it. Dad, we just heard that then or was it after those sessions? The story about him kicking out the, the young woman in his studio? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard that story a long time ago. I don't remember if we talked about it right then, but yeah, basically fella had his own compound in Nigeria and recording studio inside and I guess other people were allowed to come in and he had other people coming in and, and recording and whatnot. But one day he happened to be there and there was somebody who I don't know how it ran or whatever, but she was recording in there and the take stopped or he stopped the take, I don't remember, but he was basically like, You gotta go, you know, and she's like, Why? <laughs> and she's, you know, singing this beautiful love song and, and he's like we're at war, you know, mm-hmm. you got to go. And I'm really glad you brought that up. That was it. It was like, do you know what's going on right now? Like you can't come in here and, and spend time on love songs right now. There's a war going on. Yeah. Don't shy away from the truth. Don't shy away from what's really going on. These are the things that need music created about it. So mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oof. Got fear reeking off you, I'm letting God be my pilot Never falling under pressure, my prophecy to go diamond My spaceship is taking off, you broke with me, then climb inside it While I'm dolo, I'm reminded, forever big timing No to pose, they've been exposed, I pray you grow Out the bloodshed, concrete sprouted out of roses Never home, let me go, they never know, they never know Track three, Is Anybody There? Kate and Monty, you both sang The Nerve of Me, I Thought I Could Make Up for Time. What does that mean to you? Uh, my bad, y'all, for getting, like, mad religious. <laughs> <laughs> and shout out to Quiddy, too, because he texted me the other day. He was like, bro, what is survivor's remorse for me to you? And I'm just like, damn, that's a crazy question. But even crazier that I have a real specific answer. My stepbrother and I, we're 
five months apart and the same time when I when my parents were packing up to drive me to college, he was being shipped from county jail to Pelican Bay. Like the sitting my stepbrother. We shared a bed for four years for crying out loud. And you're going, damn, why me, not him, or vice versa. Like literally that shit was eating me up the whole way to school and like that first I wanna say like the first quarter, because uh, our Oregon school systems are on quarter system. And I'm like, damn, why? What's going on? And you go, all right, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that to make up for this. And it's this weird obsession with playing God and thinking that you could have changed any of that shit. Like, I couldn't have done anything. Like, I w- I'd like to think so. And that seems to, like, morph and manifest in all these different other spaces of my life. But, like, oh, I could have done this better, done, done this. And it, it really does inform how you move, the decisions you make, what fear. Europe, for example, the first time we went with Flo and I, so many other people were supposed to go and they just didn't. I didn't know Flo very well. Ethan, I, the, our guitar player at the time, I, I knew well enough where I was like, okay, I could kind of figure it out. But the fear, like, damn, man, my guys can't go. We dreamt of doing this together. It's like, bro, get over yourself and go. You not going is going to do so much more. I'd been hearing it my whole life, but right when we were making the album is when it was coming to fruition. It was becoming something that was applicable to life. And it's like, fam, you, you're not God. And again, it's another ode to the Travis album, Stop Trying to Be God. Hmm. The nerve of me thinking I could make up for all this. It is like this ego death, for real, for real. A lot of that is forgiveness of self, forgiveness of the process, surrendering. Surrendering is probably the best word because it's just like, move on. There's so much other stuff that lies ahead of us that we could fixate and obsess over. You worried about something that happened years ago, yesterday. It's like, it's that's done. When you see the best athletes, Steph Curry, LeBron, they are not worried about the last play. Like you just can't, it's not serving you in any way. And that was truly a conversation just trying to have internally. It's like, yo, fixating on what was isn't serving anything moving forward. I think for me, it's actually the line before that that invokes a lot of imagery for me. The so far from perfect, no problem with sharing my light. Mm-hmm. I think that like ties to what you were saying about surrender surrendering perfection you know that's a a huge piece of being able to be at the top of your game because you know to your point about athletes it's like if you are looking at the last play you're not looking at the next play and so this idea of surrendering that need for perfection and I tell this to my students you know it's like always keep going through the song even when you screw up because if you're thinking about the thing you just messed up then you're not thinking about the thing that's coming up so guess what? You're going to mess that up too. You know what I mean? Like you have to almost immediately in music leave behind your perfectionism. And, you know, that's a nuanced thing because it doesn't mean don't aim for excellence. It just means let go of that part of you that's going to be the critic that's going to spend time on that when you really need to be sharing your light. I love it. I think that the surrendering and the ego death are such big concepts throughout this album, but it's just honestly exciting to me that you guys were able to mix in the surrendering and the ego death with the state of America and the state of the world. And I think kind of coupling those together is so exciting for me because once you start to do that, you realize how much they have to do with each other. Mm -hmm. Like America has this ridiculous (laughs) ego that it can't let go of. So, So to do that introspectively while also doing it for the country as a whole like just really blows my mind man 
You nailed it. That's a bar, Fish. <laughs> that is a bar. You guys ghost wrote the bar. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> interpreting what I feel, man. It's crazy. Man. It's so true. America has the same <laughs> same problem I discovered about myself. You know, it's like, it's so defensive, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, let go of that need to have been right. Yep. You know? Can we move forward on what is right? and hold on to the need to be right probably not so so true now we got to talk about power Of course, dedicated to Nia Wilson, but power just has such a striking sound to it. It still fits the soundscape and fits the project, but I don't know if it's like since there's these other instruments that you can hear more on this song. Noble, do you want to kind of talk about what went into making power? Hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to remember my headspace when I was writing these these instrumentals. I mean, the drums already had this like kind of rock hard feel to it, especially like just the like tone quality of them. It just kind of reminded me of, I don't know, some heavy rock song. The drums are ridiculously yeah. live. Like yeah. in an arena, like even the intro is like an arena yeah. show, you know? Yeah. And when I started like hearing these drums, I was like, okay, well, I need like really loud sounds or something that'll like make it big i was like trying to tweak synth sounds that like gave these big kind of build-ups or interesting synthesizer sounds and stuff there's like change-ups in the song too where it gets like a little bit softer at the end but it still has these like really big punchy drums like i said before it really the drums kind of when i hear tones of drums and stuff like that they kind of sort of push me musically to like something that i'm like oh this got to be really heavy or intense or Something along those lines. So I just wanted the sounds to be not so pretty, but more like aggressive because I felt like the tone of the drums were pretty aggressive and had more of like a pushing element towards that style of music. But I don't remember the headspace I was in. It was just more like trying to find big sounding instruments and synths that would make the music kind of fit and come together. Kind of the vibe I sort of remember writing to that one specifically. You definitely did it, man. Mani, is there anything you want to add about power? Yeah, what all of the music had in common was how intimidating it all was. <laughs> it's just a really big sound, especially like you got to come with your A game. Like I had to tap into stuff that I had not uncovered yet as an artist. Luckily, Kate recently got me thinking about breath control and we had already talked about singing and like notes and breathing in general. So it's like a lot of the just even approach like the writing style, the cadence of some of the pockets was like, again, the music was informing it. And it's, these are things that I wanted to be able to do eventually. I didn't think I was there just yet, though, you know. Hmm. So it's like, hey, you asked for this. Are you willing to step up to the plate and push yourself? And Power specifically was one of those because I think we recorded that. That was one of the songs. At least I did my verse in the town. Frequency Studio. Yeah. That was the only joint on the record that we did in somebody else's. Yeah. Well, truth space. too, but and truth, yeah. But yeah, that was the first time we recorded together. Like we were in the same room, mm-hmm. 
I had met you before that, Kate. I think we had like a sit down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the first time like kind of got to see how everybody worked. And I remember like, I think it was after the session, we went to a bar and just kind of was like, yeah, we're going to make this happen type thing. It's all come together. <laughs> but quickly, quickly, especially that session informed the fact of why we ended up doing it remotely. Because it was like, it was the specific things we wanted to try and like get a little bit more creative and like not feel like you were rushed. And exclusive is my dude. Like, that's my guy forever. It was fun. Yeah. Sometimes the nicer studios don't lend to like, nah, take your shoes off, go somewhere else really go explore and see what you can uncover um, Mm -hmm. in this approach. And I am ultimately grateful that we did it that way because power, the spirit of the town needed to be in that song. Mm -hmm. We finished it and then immediately drove around because the Nia Wilson clip wasn't even in there. I remember that night leaving the studio and meeting at at the bar downtown and like driving downtown and like seeing all the posters and stuff and, and never forgetting that feeling. And then I think it was on KPFA. Kate and I were listening to that on the way to the bar and they were talking about it too. So it was just like, this is the soundtrack to that time. And uh, and again, the, the music just being larger than life really is what I remember the most. I also want to say about that song, and you know I'm a big Monty Draper fan, that's one of my, my favorite pieces of creative writing that you've ever done. It's just mm. the, the cadence of it, the way you say it, the way it's arranged, and then just the depth and like how intimate you are like from literally the first three words losing my father it's just like immediately you take us right in there and we're going to talk about it you know yeah and in fact it was it was that audacity i think if i'm remembering it right like to me that's exactly why i wrote what i did at the end because i was thinking about my relationship with my mother and oh we're going to talk about it Let's talk about it because that's <laughs> that's actually part of the problem is we're not talking about it. So let's talk about it. And then uh, just how everything's connected and the fact that both of us talking about something so personal to us, then it's kind of part of this bigger meaning for the song that is definitely like way beyond us. Yeah. Having those conversations, whether they're about the world or about yourself, but also doing it in a way that people can relate to in their own way and and encourage them to have those conversations too. I think that that track just completely embodies that. Mm-hmm. That leads us to track five, Close Reach. Oh. You talk in your sleep Not scared in your dreams No smoke Your brain got Close Reach You talk Close Reach has driving metaphors that kind of weave in and out of the song. I know you guys all collaborated when it comes to the writing. How did that metaphor come to play in that song? <laughs> wow, she picked the spot, didn't she? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, man. We literally sat in that studio and sometimes it was word for word, but sometimes line for line, we were just going back and forth. And that was kind of the the moment where we really painted at the exact same time that that section. For me, my imagery came, it took me back like, it was my first record that I ever made. And I lived in uh, 
Indianapolis, just north of Indianapolis. And I was going to a studio, which was with my old guitar player who lived at, at Ball State where I went. And every time I would go to the studio and we'd work on this record, I would drive home at like three o'clock in the morning for the back streets of streets. They're not even streets, cornfields, mm. cornfields, fields, you know, just forest and whatnot. And I saw that image constantly as we were writing this. Ever far and on the back road with the headlights off. On the back roads with the headlights off. Yeah. Yeah. Which I did do from time to time. I feel like we've all done that. <laughs> but yeah, that imagery is, is very vivid for me. What was it for you, Monty? Not Astro World. What's the what's the Travis album for Astro World with Antidote on it? There's a song where he's talking about the long way home, and I just remember when that song dropped, and being with my immediate group of partners, like my crew crew, just just so happens to be my cousins, and us sort of geeking out about taking a long way home because our moms damn near didn't didn't want us to have cars because of like what that could mean. Like one of my cousins is from the east. My other cousin is from, from a part of Berkeley, and then the rest of us are from Richmond. So it's just like driving through certain parts at certain times of the night could cost you your life. We used to have to take the long way home to heighten your chances of getting home safe. Mm. And so I remember thinking about that, but just wanting to make it, not wanting to make it so doom and gloom, like wanting to make it kind of sexy, kind of fly a little bit, and the music kind of set the tone. That's one of those songs where we were sitting outside and having a conversation. And then the concept of talking in your sleep came up. Somebody just said it. And then we just riffed on talking in your sleep for a heck along, just like making jokes. The more we riffed on it, I was like, well, that's the chorus. Like, that's the hook. I don't know what, for whatever reason, I attribute sleep to like comfort because of my sleeping habits suck. It's a part of the love language. Like, yo, if I fall asleep in front of you, I probably love you for real. Like, because <laughs> it's just like, and it, I don't mean like just kind of catch Z's. I mean, like, like sleep, sleep to the point where you talking in your sleep. It was just like simplifying all these different terms. But then Kate with the with the poetic style of writing, Kate put me on Joni Mitchell. Kate put me on Neil Young. All these people where I'm like, damn, that's a dope ass way of writing music. It informs so much of the second, this whole phase of my, of my own career where it's like, because I think I probably would identify as a poet first before anything, it's creative writing. But the way Joni does it, the way Neil Young does it, the way Erica does it, um, the way Black Thought does it is way more in alignment with the way I would do it. I just don't know if I'd ever thought about it structurally like that. And taking something as simple as taking the long way home so that you don't die and making it this over-looming metaphor for just being free and what that could mean. And it's a many way to sort of break things down, but it was I'm so grateful for it because I've been searching for these unique ways to capture my own experience and, and a lot of my friends' experience through this way that isn't these heightened images of trauma and drama. We don't need another Boys in the Hood. We don't need another Minister Society. Just trying to do it in a way more cinematic, like palatable way that humanizes these stories and doesn't create this wall of like, oh, well, that's just theater. It's like, nah, fam, like that's a real thing. My mom would be like, don't go that way. I'm like, all right, bet. I'm going to go the long way. And it's going to it's going to add on a whole 30 minutes to my route home. But bet so that you'll sleep better. I'll, I'll go the long way. That's exactly what it is. It's capturing that experience and presenting it in a way that is thought provoking and not necessarily divisive or like you said, can be written off as theatrical, like it's just truth. And it's 
in a way that, like I said, it just really makes you think. And, and there's so much power in that. Then we get to the celebration, two-step, freedom, flying, all at once. Don't hold your breath. I ain't gave up yet. Remember, I didn't know why I wake up next. Highs, low stakes, high. Place your bets. Run that check. This is all I got left. No for me. So far from where I'm supposed to be. Oversleep, alarm clock, Joe to see. Diary of a mad band. Hot damn, where the camera the floor side. Right. So where that's hate, the love so close. Don't we'll sink this ship, watch me let go. Back, not a peek in the rear view. I gotta leave, but I pray these words reach you. Selfish, and I know I didn't mean to. Oh my goodness. The biggest takeaway from that one is fall in line or fall in love that you both sang. Who wrote that line? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> that would be Mr. Monty Draper. Somebody sing it. I don't know why I can't hear it right now. It's exactly what you thought it was. Fall in line, I'm falling in love. Never mind if promise comes, pray and go get a love all at once. All at once is crazy. Kate just had to send, oh, surprise, surprise, like, spoiler alert, we're doing a a collab uh, performance for Jazz Mafia. Yes. Kate had to send over, like, a one sheet of, like, explaining what the song is about. And I clearly was not responding fast enough. She was like, yo, what's this mean? (laughs) And then by the time I went to respond, she was sending me her interpretation. I was like, no, nah, that's spot on. Like, like <laughs> I probably, I, I know I wouldn't even have said it as well as she did, though. You know, <laughs> fall in line or fall in love. That line specifically for me is getting a better idea of what love is. I think before, prior to making the record, how much creativity, because I think just going music or being a rapper kind of diminishes what being able to express myself means to a part of my like mental health. So there's like, oh, I can compromise that and be with someone who just doesn't appreciate that at all. No, I can't. It's impossible. It informs so much of who I am and my happiness and my sadness and and my insecurity, my confidence, everything. Right. And you learn it, but it's like, it's one thing to learn it. Now do you, how do you apply it? sort of stand on it and go, hey, this is kind of what it is. It's like drawing a pretty hard line. And I know it can sound kind of bleak or harsh or whatever, but I'd like to think the rest of the song kind of makes up for the straightforwardness of that line in a way where it offers a lot of context. Because it's like the whole song is written around that line, fall in line or fall in love. Like Mm -hmm. everything else is written around it. It's like, all right, again, it's that dark and the light special that you've been talking about. It's like, can we enhance that and offer some hopefulness and some potentially some answers and just some just some more depth? Let's build on this. Never mind if promise comes, pray and go get it, love all at once. Not removing ourselves of of the ownership and the responsibility. It's like I, and so many times in anything, it's like, oh, they did this to me. This person. No, what did you do? Like, don't take ownership for your shit. And a lot of that, uh, while it sounds like it's being, like, talking to someone else, that's all to me. Like, pray and go get it, love, all at once. Like, you can pray, but faith without works is what? Like, everybody can finish that part, you know? So just remembering that, especially in relationships, like, Kate and I talk about it all the time. Outside of being on a project together, that's my partner, like, for real, for real. And so the relationships can't be one-sided at all. You have to do the work and check on people and let them know that you're thinking about them, especially our stronger friends. Rest in peace to Jazz Waters. But that's what Charlemagne and all them were talking about. It's like 
our smartest, strongest friends, we kind of go, are they going to be okay? Right. Mm -hmm. Nah, I I want my smartest, strongest friends that inspire me the most to know that I'm thinking about them all the time. So let me do the work to to tap in, you know, and to check up and to make sure that they straight. There's nothing that they need because all my friends who may not be as strong or who I don't lean on as much for just space and, and inspiration, I talk to them all the time. You know, and my strongest friends, I might highlight them once a week or when it's time to do some work or whenever I see them and just betting on the fact that they're going to be okay, especially how much we talk. Like, you know, I'd be, I'd be like, I'm, oh, she's going to be all right. Nah, I want to I want to do better by people I'm, I pull from because I pull from y'all the most. It only makes sense. There's so much power in that and just knowing that. You know, it's not about who holds more, but they just hold it differently. But that's not to say that they're not holding anything. So it's like it's really taking time to be like, okay, they're still holding something. They're just holding it differently. So they still need to be checked on and supported and all that stuff. So that's beautiful. Kate, did you want to add anything to All at Once? Just that the experience of writing that bridge was noteworthy for me as, as an artist. Probably like one of the most special moments like Monty talked about how I've shared like breathing breath control things and just as a voice teacher as well like now that I've been doing it more full-time I've come to like drink my own Kool-Aid I guess even more you know I'm just like oh the breath is everything and we had uh fun like you know Monty was like let's sing this and I'm like okay let's really sing it like let's work on it. Monty often will write melodies for me and then I might tweak it a tiny bit and it might be exactly what he was trying to do anyway, you know, <laughs> or it might be a tiny bit different, but I've always told Monty too, like, I, I like his voice a lot. So I wanted him to sing on this and I wanted him to like really sing, not just like spot me, but like telling me, you know, do it sort of like this, but I wanted, I wanted his voice on it. And it's one of my favorite parts on the record. We did it over and over again. It was really fun and we got it right. The lyrics of that as well. Um, I will remember you. I know that life gets hard, but don't you quit too soon. Like, what's my rush? The fear of running out of moonlight. But don't you cry for me. I'll, I'll touch the sky for you. It's it's kind of also about, like, as somebody who wants to, to move people forward and, and, and has that kind of community movement heart, there's also these times where you do have to sort of say, I'll see you later to folks that can't go on that journey with you. Mm-hmm. And so that part of the lyrics kind of represents that to me. It's like, you got to pray, you got to go get it. You got to not wait on your props. You got to like bet it all, you know, that kind of entrepreneurial spirit. And sometimes you also got to say to the folks that kind of won't get it or that just can't and just, you know, they got to do their own thing. You know, they can't always be along for that ride. And so kind of bidding a fond farewell to those folks and keeping them with you in spirits kind of that imagery is really heavy for me in that part of the song. Yeah, it's interesting to hear you both kind of speak about boundaries in two different ways, but also a very understanding and, you know, boundaries don't have to be these terrible, huge walls. They can just be like, hey, it's not even that you don't want to do this. I understand that you can't and that's okay. And I'm going to carry on it. And that's felt in different ways on that song. Noble, did you want to add anything about All at Once? They pretty much summed up the lyrics and stuff. I do want to kind of comment on one thing. I do remember after recording it, just to solidify how much that song means, uh, I just remember having lunch and, and Kate kind of broke down a little bit just in the process of going over the song. And, and I think that song means a lot to everybody, but um, specifically, I think they made like a great connection 
terms of really mm -hmm. building on that song and the, the emotional connection they have towards it. And I think that one just really kind of gave me a better understanding of how much they connect musically also, both Kate and Monty and the bond that they have writing together and collaborating together. You really notice it when you're in the studio with them, just their communication and the way they talk through things and stuff like that. And I think that song particularly was a good way of just witnessing how they collaborate and how they communicate. I don't know. It was a pretty awesome experience to see them work through that song and kind of come up with the concepts and the melodies and the harmonies. And I just think for the group, there's a lot of emotional connection to that song. It's a good one. Definitely. You can feel the emotional connection. And especially with that song, the fact that you guys are both singing it's bigger than collaboration and you can feel that it's like oh this is a synchronization that can only happen through emotions and through connection and through actual time and creativity and just a great culmination of all of that i think that kind of leads us to proud Take six, I lost all my patience Don't know where the days went, how addictive the fame is Young black and shameless, tell my mama, tell me chill It was just last year, baby, front the whole bill Want the real, this high might scare you, they can't compare you Build your own lane, noble, turn up the treble Assassinate the devil, G-Funk and heavy metal Go to war with Jehovah's rebels It's something special, this balance, excess over talent You want the status Proud starts out kind of dark and rugged and then gets light and airy. And as I was listening to it and writing the questions, I noticed this like morning symbolism. Mm. And as I'm writing out the morning symbolism, I'm like, oh shit, the dark and rugged to the light and airy. It's literally feels like from night to day. So with the morning symbolism and just the sound of it going from kind of dark to light, for you, Kate, what was it like writing Proud? Did I write Proud? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it was collaborative. <laughs> I think Proud is, is one of those, they were real gracious and like letting me just like be me, mad supportive. And again, the dark with the light is a real specific, like looking back on it now, especially like I can laugh about it now, but the amount of things I was experiencing at one time is is a lot. But mm -hmm. you get into this real crazy space of not wanting to complain, not really knowing who you should talk to. It's like people got their own issues. Like, you know, it's all these different things. And so Proud was the perfect space to get out everything. But again, mm -hmm. wanting to humanize the conversation and not have it be trapped in these over brolic sort of scenario. Like I just like gangster rap music and everything, like go back and listen to Wu-Tang. It sounds like cries for help, really, now that we know what we're talking about. These are broken ass black men that didn't know who to talk to. And so they just made it sound dope. Damn, how do you remove that wall where everybody's listening and jamming to your shit and they go, damn, do you need anything? <laughs> like, do you need, you need a hug? Like anything like that. But <laughs> uh, I can honestly say, because Proud's my favorite record, but it's, it's also a proud moment for me in writing where it's like, there's ownership there, there's processing, and there's closure. There's all these different things happening at once, but ultimately the respect is sustained. It's not F you, I'm over this. It's like, it's not, and no, it doesn't have to be none of that. It's just like, nah, two people served, served each other in these real codependent ass spaces, realized it, moved on, and are better for it, but it didn't end in the way that you would see 
in black Hollywood or in Hollywood in general. But I know in black Hollywood, it's just like it's got to be it's just crazy, you know, and it, it kind of manifests in a real world sense. And then it's not even just as specific as like a love interest. There's parts of like family and stuff in there, too. It's a lot of different elements where you're coming to these realizations with family and friends and people that you absolutely adore that the relationship just is no longer serving either of you. It's never, it's not an easy decision. And then sometimes you don't even have the tools to make the right decision. And I still lean on the music, just writing. The music wrote that. Mm-hmm. If that soundscape isn't like that, there's no way those words come together the way that they did. That's right. And the end of that song, I just remember, I mean, still every time it comes on, I'm blown away, but just the layering. I guess I did write that line just at the end. Let me testify. If this won't change my life, I don't have time. I mean, that's what I was feeling listening to the art that both Noble and Monty were presenting. And Monty, thanks for saying that we're we're gracious and all that. And, and yeah, we're definitely, that's kind of the way I love to collaborate as well as leave space for everybody to do their thing. But like you showing up with what you brought to me was absolutely a gift the end of that song is just kind of like that amazing i thought it was the last song on the record i thought it was going to be the last because it just has that feeling you know at the end of that song we're just like the whole cast just got back on the broadway stage and it's like the epilogue or the i can't remember the name of the orchestration for the outro but it kind of has that feeling to me and yeah just what was already there was so inspiring it was like at, at any given turn you could just be like, okay, let's record. I got another little layer to add here because it was just, the inspiration was just on tap. Very much so. Monty, and I, I just love how you talked about the process of being like, okay, these are two people who it just doesn't serve them anymore. And I think that as adults, when we go through that in our regular life, it kind of opens us up to kind of process that for, like you said, for our families and, and for these people that we've experienced that with, but we didn't understand what it was. And it's just like, oh, okay, you can kind of make peace with that. And I think that's just incredibly important. Yeah, 100%. It was, you, you hit it on the head though, Spesh. Like you don't even know you're carrying it, you know, whatever baggage I may have had for how my parents' marriage ended or whatever, like going through my own growing apart from someone well, I was able to forgive them for stuff that I didn't need, know I needed to forgive them for. It was a whole bunch of different things happening at one time that I was like, wait a minute. Like, why does this feel so real? And I just remember seeing my dad the very next weekend. We had a real, like a real dope conversation, but it was one that I don't know I would have been able to access had everything else not transpired, you know? So it's a level trading grace, you know, hmm. is how I think of it. And forgiveness sounds weird because I didn't need to forgive him for nothing. Like his life was his life, mine is mine. Mm-hmm. But it, it is a level of understanding where it's like, bro, I, I see you and I empathize with you for real. And I think that's more important than like forgiveness, especially when it comes to like a parent and stuff. They have to allow for you to live your life, for you to come full circle and be like, my bad dad, I was tripping, you know, like <laughs> it's just, it's just such a, it's just such a long waiting process. Like, bro, you had to wait almost 30 years for me to get my understanding. The word definitely is, isn't forgiveness. It's something different. I like to think we uncovered it in the music for sure. Yeah. It's definitely understanding and processing and, and just going through it as well and being like, Oh, okay. I get you now. Like yeah. it's all good. <laughs> Noble, did you want to add anything about the production of proud the song actually has my cousin on it, Ross Eustace, another talented person, Adam Thies. I already laid down a horn section in there, like the horn idea, but they kind of just brought it like this much more dynamic 
five and they really added some cool textures in there. So I'm pretty proud to have a cousin on there. They play on two tracks. Jazz Mafia. Yeah, part of Jazz Mafia. Those two and then a group by the name of the Spearman Brothers. Yes. Those are the only two other players we have on the project in terms of musicians. Spearman Brothers played on two tracks and then uh, Adam and Ross played on two tracks. But I think that they really brought some very cool energy to the to the music itself. That one turned out awesome. <laughs> I love that track. Yes, Monty already knows I'm obsessed with the Spearman Brothers. Like, oh my, we could be here for days. But definitely all those instruments just add another layer of feeling and like you said, energy. And, and it just really makes it such a cohesive thing. You're just really bringing the music to life. So it, it's beautiful. When the walls came down I saw children all around Restoring my sight A shadow drifting in a hail of light Off the bed and stand in dreams I mean, I could be wrong. These are all my interpretations, but it just feels super Nina Simone esque. Mm. You're in, in your Stop own it. way. Special, <laughs> I'm getting sweaty. But like, you did it in a way that it's all feeling. You feel it, mm. and it's still you. But I just feel her. How do you approach a song like Truth? Wow. Honestly, that was the first song for me personally. We got to kind of back up a little bit. You know, we had not been in Napa. I didn't know who Noble was. So it was a few months before that. And I had just stopped working at my amazing job. Big comfy job, like Bay Area comfy. So Bay Area comfy, but comfy beyond like this big corporate style of comfy. Comfy like my boss is, is a mentor to me, you know, woman owned business, trying to make a difference in corporate as a management consulting firm and like caring about all the right things and taking care of people. And um, yeah, so big, wonderful job that I did, that I loved, did for all the right reasons, but it took me away from music. I think to the point where for everyone's sanity, I had to sort of kind of come back (laughs) to see what else I could make happen, make work, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that was literally the Monday, the first Monday after I stopped working for this. And I called Monty. I'm like, can we do a session? You know, we got. I got to make some music. And so he's like, yeah. So he comes over and then he's like, well, I just got all these package of beats from, from Noble. You want to start with that or start from scratch? I'm like, no, let's start from that. Almost might have picked that because it was there. It was easy. It was done. Like, let's do it. So he puts it on. And I think it was right around the time when it was becoming really clear that like the current administration was <laughs> going to be a bully to people of color. And the first group that I feel like the administration was picking on was immigrants from friends from the South. And I just remember all of a sudden it was illuminated and all of a sudden everybody realized that there were bunches of people being held, bunches of kids being held in detention around border crossings. And, you know, in my privilege, that was kind of the first time I'd heard about that. So that was literally where we were at politically at that moment. So for me, it was all about this wall building. You know, that was the big talk. We're building a wall at these kids, basically. That got the pen going, you know. The music, first of all, I was like, whoa, that organ. 
that organ is crazy and it just sounded that's the thing about noble's beats like when he sent them they were basically what you hear now we had it mastered by the amazing dave cooley and mixed by push kalan and they did amazing work but like ivan's music was pretty much done like his mixes were it was insane they were just so hard and so I heard it and I just, it was immediately another, it was a landscape, you know, it was a soundscape. It was a cinematographic for me. So I saw it and I just, I don't know, it just came pretty quick. It was just a, a poem. He just put it on loop for me. And I just, I see that the lyrics to that as a poem for the kids that were being detained and just, you know, I'm also speaking to people like myself who care very much, but you know, our privilege causes these big gaps in time. And so if we're not committed to kind of constantly paying attention. I guess that kind of going back to what I wanted to reiterate in terms of what Monty was saying, unless we're committed to constantly writing about it, unless we're committed to like constantly having the conversation, there can be these like big gaps in time, you know, where you just kind of forget like, oh, the rest of the world's being oppressed. And of course, I'm sure you can relate. It's like, now, I don't ever want to have those gaps again. But I think that writing and, and to say Nina Simone, thank you, first of all, is there a higher compliment? I'm not <laughs> sure if there is. But Nina, of course, you know, is famous for saying that same thing that Fela said, which is like, it's your job, artist, you know, it's your job to report what you see. And I was also heavily influenced by another artist of the similar time, Joni Mitchell, who very much seemed like that person just like that kind of bird's eye view looking down and reporting and so that's kind of that poetry style that writing style that I used at the beginning of truth and then Monty wrote the rest and he just came in and messed it all up (laughs) (laughs) no but that perspective and and using a song called truth to be truthful about how you know sometimes we can live in these bubbles and and we can kind of lose grasp of what's really happening and who's really being affected and and reeling it back in to be oh no like this is happening it needs to be talked about here it is I think that there's so much power in that absolutely because you want to wear as an artist too I get I get mad at myself because I want to wear all the hats of the movement but I think of course there's everyday stuff paying attention being consistent constantly learning having a growth mindset but then also just you know I'm an artist so making sure that I'm doing my job telling the stories is probably my biggest hat. Definitely. Noble, do you remember anything specific about creating that soundscape for truth? I do. That song I actually made like a long time ago, like a one-off song that I sent Monty with like some other tracks. And I made it like quite a while ago, probably like a couple years before I made the stuff for the, the album itself. It has kind of a different tonal quality to it, but um, it was just so powerful. Of course, we had to add it to the album itself. It was the first song that I heard them on. And I just did Monty's podcast and uh, we were vibing in a studio and playing music and stuff like that. And when I gave him those tracks, I was kind of just expecting some hip hop music being sent back to me kind of. And uh, that track really kind of inspired the the process, I guess the steps towards making this album as a whole, because um, when he sent it to me, Honestly, the funny thing is I didn't even realize that it was a female singing at first. I thought it was a male because Kate really like grabbed onto this really interesting tone and I couldn't decipher. I was like, who is this? Because I really didn't know what it was. I didn't know Kate at the time either. I didn't know who it was. So I was like so confused, but I was like, it wasn't in a bad way. I was just like, oh my God, this is amazing. But when's Monty coming in? And then he came in in the verse and I was just like, oh my God, like this is crazy. 
at that moment, I was like, I got to talk to these guys about doing some kind of project without even knowing Kate or who she was or anything like that. I literally texted them right after hearing the song like 10 times, probably <laughs> in a row. And I was like, we have to do a project with whoever this other person is. <laughs> so it was kind of like the song that kind of set the project in motion. And I already had some music created that was going to be for my next project. I just didn't know what it was. And I talked to like, I think I talked to Kate maybe like two days after or something like that as an introduction. And I was like, yeah, I got this new music. Let me send it to you. I played it for Monty, but I, I didn't send it to him yet because I just didn't know what I was going to do with the music. And then after I talked to her for like 40 minutes or something, and I'm, then I was like, okay, I'm sending them money and I'm like praying to God they're going to work with me because I was like, we've got to make this project happen. I love it so much. I mean, if I haven't encouraged you to go and listen to this, I, I don't know what else to do. I encourage people to listen to it multiple times. Like I said, take the time to actually sit with it and let yourself go to these places that these songs just embody. We'll start with Noble. Anything else you want to tell the people about Concrete Violet? You know, honestly, I'm just like really happy and proud to be part of the process with uh, Monty and Kate. I think we made it like a great project and I'm more just happy that we're building a friendship based on artistic values and stuff like that. I feel like these two people are some of the most talented out of the day. So for me to just be in the mix of action, I'm hyped. I hope it transcends and, you know, we'll follow along, but I hope the people relate to it as much as we did musically and emotionally and everything like that. But I'm just happy to be part of the process and, and be building the talent in the bay. So listen to Concrete Violet. Hope you guys like it. <laughs> yes, yes. Kate, anything else you want to tell the people about Concrete Violet? You know, the name, the concept of the name has, has grown on me even during this podcast. The juxtaposition of such a vulnerable, tender thing that survives in such a hard and callous material, right? And I think we've talked about it a little bit artistically, how kind of the juxtaposition of Mani's rap and my singing, how that similarly can create this hard against soft or this kind of like two opposing things coming together. And then also in the way that Noble writes, you talked about, you know, when the beat flips and, and all of a sudden you're surprised, it's like his beats are almost like that. You know, you got one thing put up against another that seem like they shouldn't even be able to exist together. And so I hope people find the relevance in that to today. I do think it's timeless music. And to me, we need more of that. It's a very emotional time and in a time in the movement where, like Monty was talking about in his podcast, um, mental health being co-opted and kind of, you know, people not always being able to even trust the, the idea that talking about mental health is safe, right? And just it being such an emotional time for, for so many, and especially for um, our Black brothers and sisters who have been dealing with it forever. So I don't want to say right now, because it's not right now, but we are in right now. And so I hope that this music plays some part in people being able to witness vulnerability and to have it tap in somehow to their survival and, and our survival as something precious and vulnerable in such a hard and callous time. Ooh, those are bars. Goodness gracious. <laughs> but incredibly true. Like the survival and the vulnerability are felt not only in this project, but in the world right now. And it's so important to express those things and feel those things and also have a place to go with those things. I think that this 
not only kind of being a soundtrack to that, but also a good accompaniment to it and, and people being able to lean on it and unpack not only how they feel, but what they see. And I think that that's just very, very important. Mani, anything else you want to add about Concrete Violet? I just want to thank all three of y'all, all three of y'all. Um, <laughs> we talked about like climate, right? In in the time period we're, we're in right now. It's, it's so weird because I cringe when people say it, but it's like, how else are you supposed to say it? Things are fucked up right now, right? And for me, I've always been hopeful that art as a whole will be the catalyst to healing. And, yes. And through and through, we kind of are seeing that, right? Like it's it's kind of what it is. But optically, when you look at who came together, not on just this record, Kate and I are part of another compilation that are coming out. Ivan and I have endless songs together. Ivan has come and done video production for the other records. Special covers all of our records. Like we've built a community and have put an emphasis on the economic transaction between all of us so if it's video work if it's background vocals if it's interviews if it's journalism if it's jeremy with photos like people have studios there's producers there's other rappers like moving the conversation forward towards the economics like yeah we collaborated in the studio but we also put our bread together and pressed vinyl ivan came up with the the concept for the cover like if there's so many other parts that go well beyond the studio and i know it's easier to sort of separated and try to have a million different conversations, right? But if you want to be an ally for real, since that's the word that's being thrown, if you want to be an ally for real, let's talk access, let's talk resources, let's talk economics in general. I couldn't even be more grateful to my my family on, on this call right here and how you guys have opened up your resources and, and provided access, not for just me, but for, for a whole bunch of people in your world. And everybody walking around lost and sad trying to figure out, oh, how do I help? That's just, just do the work. Hmm. Just show up and do the work. And so to my family on Concrete Violet, to Spech, thank y'all for doing the work and, mm-hmm. and walking the walk. And anybody confused by what to do, just take notice to the people that's doing it. That's it. Simple as that. And so for the artists, especially that are confused, oh, should I drop music? Does it need to be protest? Just do the work and continue to do the work, continue to show up. And that's why I'm so grateful being able to share this with the world because we, we did the work and the music was the easy part. <laughs> everything else <Right>. was <laughs> so hard and revision and debates and what do we think? Like, you know, and I'm proud of us for doing that. Like, yeah. I'm so proud of us for doing that. I'm, and again, I'm so grateful to, to my squad for being patient with me at times. You know, everybody's kind of had to carried a torch when I was doing 10 other things and and checked out Ivan and Kate were carrying a torch and then when Ivan had shit going on Kate was carrying it and, and everybody's taking their turns and we're, we're here now so I just I'm grateful for that like Noble said it in the beginning like just getting to work with people I think the world of I'm fans of all three of y'all and look forward to what what's after this like now that we got this what we what we doing next season two <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's incredible the the talent, the expression that you guys bring, and and honestly, just for me, taking the time and and actually giving me these stories and sharing with me, I just thank you guys so much for the music, the stories, taking the time, all of the above. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank, thank you for you. your thoughtful questions, yeah. your enthusiasm, your 
fandom, all of it. <laughs> no problem. And thank you so much for checking out this episode. If you enjoyed it, make sure to hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever you're listening on. If you haven't checked out Concrete Violet on Bandcamp, that link is in the description, along with links to reach out to me. If you just want to say hi or let me know what your favorite part was, I'm on Twitter at Special Says and on Instagram, it's at Special Says as well. As always, this episode is dedicated to Marlon. Do what you can to stop senseless acts of gun violence.